Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. happening welcome to another episode of full count chaos hanging out talking about the baltimore orioles want to hear how your season's going full count chaos at gmail.com hit me up on twitter at full count chaos where we vent away every game we share each other's frustration hasn't been too much frustration right i mean the orioles have a winning season winning record so i've been trying to do this past couple seasons Look at the positive. <laughs> as much sports as I watch, there is a shit ton of negative that I can point out, but I'm just trying to look at the positive. The glass half full when we're talking about the Orioles. I go, you know what? Tell my wife every game I'm going to go into this game. No matter how the Orioles do, I'm going to just keep on cheering. Look at the positive. Five minutes later, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> Get your shit together. And then it just goes right out the window. Anyway, uh, I got a couple emails that came in. Of course, wanted to share some uh, opening day experiences. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Like I just said, I think before every episode or other episodes, I've said drink every time I give the email address. You'll be feeling just fine. And speaking of drinking, the Dong Bong, I guess, a.k.a. Hydration Station, or I guess they call it the Homer Hose. (laughs) Why not? Sounds great with the Baltimore fans. Love that Homer Hose. Go down there, Cam Yards. Ah, uh, did you see him with that Homer hose down there? <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Oh, I love it. I think I like it more than the home run chain. I think this is my favorite home run celebration. Of course, as soon as they started doing it, I mean, it was on Fox News, MSNBC. Orioles writers were getting involved. How's it going to affect the kids? Oh, get the fuck out of here. What are kids in second grade going to start bonging their milk at lunch? Fifth graders are going to become alcoholics. Well, Mountcastle does it. Parents are going to go downstairs in their basement. Oh, my Coors Light is gone. You'll see like a beer bong over in the corner. Your son's throwing up. He's 12. It's because I watch the Orioles, Dad. It's because I watch the Orioles. Get out of here. Stop it. I used to love my beer bong back in the day. Remember in college, you were broke. Had five beers left. You're like, man, how am I going to go, go party all night with five beers? All right, give me the beer bong. Beer bong, few beers, you feel great. You're good. You're ready to go. But I think it's my favorite home run celebration, and I hope they keep it, and I hope they don't think to themselves, well, we better not let kids see this because they're going to, what, turn into beer bong and alcoholics by fourth grade? Stop it. Enough already. Oh, boy. But you know what? Right now, Birdland, what a world we live in. Knowing we get to watch Adley Rushman play baseball every day. Puts warm bubbles in my tummy. And you know what? Mike Elias, John Angelos, get together and figure out a way to extend Adley's contract. Give him a blank check. Give him a pen with lots of ink in it and say, sign it. Sign the check. When you're done. Just send it back to us, and we'll figure it out. Currently, he's hitting 377, four home runs, 12 RBIs, 1134 OPS. During his seven-game hitting streak, his average was 458. Went 
11 for 24, three home runs, seven walks, 1456 OPS. Oh, stop it. You know, everyone says what a great smile he has. He's always smiling. Well, you know, you'd be smiling too if you know you were about to get a dick load of money. He deserves it. I'd be walking around all smiles too, knowing damn well how much money I'm going to get paid. And I've never seen anyone have a batter's eye like him. He lays off like like 94-mile-an-hour sinkers that just drop out of the zone at the last second. He doesn't even lift the bat off his shoulder. And it's not that he froze up, you know, he was sitting on a change-up and that. No, he does that all the fucking time. I've never seen a batter's eye like Adley Rushman. It's amazing. Dude's incredible. I mean, your entire life, you're being told how good you are. You're the best. You're the greatest ever. You're going to be the best there is, Adley. You make it to the majors around the best in the world, and you're still being told you're the best. That must be a feeling you just can't describe. (laughs) It's crazy. That's why sometimes I I don't want to say I feel bad. I mean, these guys are making a shit ton of money, but... You know, same thing. You're being told you're the best your whole life playing baseball, and then you get up and you play around the best, and you're not the best anymore. Actually, you're not doing too well, and you come down and you hit reality. It's like 28 years of being told, you know, 23, 25 years of being told you are the best, and then you get up to the majors and you shit the bed. Not a good feeling. Anyway, I I don't know why I just went down that path. See what I mean? I'm trying to work on staying away from the negative. Nate, focus on the positive. You know, the past 48 hours have been extremely enjoyable watching Adley play the game of baseball. I mean, not just the past 48 hours. Of course, since he's been on the Orioles, I just mean the past 48 hours has been nuts. The dude hits a walk-off home run Thursday and Friday. He hits a bases-clearing double to help the Orioles go up 4-3. to And the batter before Adley, when they were in Chicago Friday night, it's a great win, six to three win. But Cedric Mullins, the batter before it, he's struggling, man. He's not doing well. But that was an extremely underrated walk. You got two on. It's three to nothing, or no, it's three to one at that time. You know, he knows he's slumping. He wants to get out of this slump. And a lot of times when you're in a slump like that, you're swinging at shit that's out of the strike zone because you just want to get a hit. You want to get a couple RBIs. You want to tie the game up. Maybe go up trying to hit one over the wall. But no, he laid off the shit pitches. He allowed Adley to come up and do his thing. Boom. Four to three. And what's crazier is the guy is just going to be getting better and better, better, better. Angelos, Elias. Look, I know you don't tune in all the time. You've told me before you tune in every now and then, but if you're listening right now, what are you waiting for? Frustrating. It's almost as frustrating. I don't know if that's more frustrating or watching McKenna play every other day. How is he still on this team? I'm not even going to talk about the drop anymore. I've talked about it the past couple episodes. I know it's going to haunt me all, all season. But the other day... Uh, playing Oakland in Baltimore. He's playing center field. It was a routine catch back at the warning track. He just nonchalantly catches it, turns his back to the runner. The runner at first, I can't remember right now, but he tags up to second. You're a moron. And McKenna just catches the ball and just whoop-de-doo, nonchalant, acting like no one's on base, even acted like it was the third out. 
Dude, he was a deer in headlights. He looked like he knew straight up. You just pulled an asshole move. If you're in his situation, shit. You're playing your heart out every single play. McKenna, after the drop catch, after the nonchalant play, after showing that he can't bat worth shit right now, how the hell is he still playing baseball on the Orioles and Stowers is down in the minors? Here's the thing. These guys hide Elias. These guys get paid a lot of money, a lot of money, because they're apparently the smartest in the world for the game, right? These are the guys who these teams decide to pay to make the smart decisions that they feel your average person can't make. So that's why these people get paid the big bucks. Now, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on right now. But sometimes I feel like these decisions, getting rid of Cordero and bringing McKenna on and putting Stowers down in the minors and even in the beginning of the season, not playing Stowers as much. Here's my tinfoil hat. I feel sometimes these guys have such a huge ego, gigantic ego. And of course, they always want to make it seem like they're smarter than everybody else, that they do the complete opposite of the obvious decision. Because if that other situation works out, oh, they look like a fucking genius. I get it. I got my tinfoil hat on, and it's not a huge hot take. You know, oh, big take. A manager of a baseball team wants to look like they're the smartest person in the world. (laughs) I get it. But it just bothers the hell out of me. You know what the obvious decision is. What are you doing? I don't know. But, hey, look, life is good. Porn is free, and the Orioles have a winning record. Life is good. I said that the other day, my friend's son, who's like 15, is like, porn is free? What are you talking about? Who pays for porn? It's always free. Like, buddy, you have no idea the struggles when I was a kid. What are you talking about struggles, porn struggles? Are you battling porn addiction? Look, I'm just saying these days, if your thing is to watch women age 50 and up go to the bathroom after eating six bowls of Raisin Bran, that's just one click away. My day was like hitting the lottery if I saw half a nipple. I'd be good for three weeks, and I'd brag about it to all my friends. You know, it'd be like four of us. We'd go to the mall. We'd have the blueprint of the mall. All right, you go north, you go east, you go south, you go west. <laughs> we meet back here in an hour. If you reach the mother load, here's the walkie-talkie. Let us know. We'll meet you over there. Ten minutes later, this is Eagle 2. The Eagle has landed in Barnes & Noble. I repeat, the Eagle has landed in Barnes & Noble. Pew! Just run over to Barnes and Noble. Yeah, sad days back in the day. Sad days. Speaking of sad days, sad days are going to continue with the Orioles if the pitching doesn't figure out their shit. It just doesn't seem like this offense will be able to win three to one, four to two. It's going to be a long, exhausting battle for the offensive season if the Orioles starting pitching. Doesn't come around. Right now, they're 27th in the league in ERA. In their bullpen, the ERA is 398. They're 15th. Tyler Wells and Kyle Gibson are still the only two Orioles starters this season to get an out in the fifth inning. Wait, what did you say? That's a shit show. 
That's a shit show. And Cole sent down to AAA to figure out his shit. He's allowed 15 runs, 17 hits with eight walks and 12 innings. He's yet to complete five innings. I don't know. Just figure it out. We got Grayson. He's going to be starting Sunday. I'm so glad to see that they're continuing to just let him figure it out because it seems like each time he's getting better and better. He's got to figure out that that two-out punch. Now, the Orioles' offense, again, I'm trying to focus on the positive. And this is a positive. The Orioles' offense, they're top 10 in a good amount of offensive stats. They're six in home runs, third in RBIs, third in runs scored per games, fifth in doubles, fifth in walks, seventh in OPS, first in stolen bases, and sixth in slugging, eighth OBP. So the offense are doing their thing. Friday night, again, huge comeback. Great way to start off the weekend. And the offense didn't get a hit until the fourth inning. When the Sox scored three, I was like, this shit's over. And, of course, my wife, she's my little cheerleader. Don't give up on him, honey. I know. I'm not. But with Mullen, Santander, Henderson, Urias, McKenna, and, you know, they're all struggling, just basically counting on, you know, Austin Hayes, Mateo, and Adley to get this show started. Mateo, shit. My God, man. That guy, I mean, if he continues to start getting his batting average off and he starts being a 256, 265 hitter, watch out. You better hand him a blank check, too. So it was nice to see the Orioles take three out of four against Oakland, although it didn't seem like an easy three out of four. I know that sounds a little silly. A win's a win. Winning a series is winning a series. Although at times it looks like the Orioles were going to split. Other times, it looks like they weren't even going to win three out of four. They weren't even going to win three or two. Of course, Adley Rushman with the walk-off. I can't believe that was his first walk-off, even through, like, Little League, all the way up in the majors. That was his first walk-off home run in a game. It's just unbelievable to hear. So they leave Baltimore with that walk-off, and then Adley hits that, you know, bases-clearing double. Guy's having a good month. Mateo, Adley, they're going to hate to see April go by. All right, I want to get some emails. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. A couple opening day experiences that they had. Uh, this email is from Steve. He says, hello, Nate the Great. Happy 2023 Orioles season. I'm glad to hear you had a blasted opening day, but I'm sorry to hear you froze your little berries off. He says, unfortunately, this opening day, I was not able to go due to the fact my ex-girlfriend had the tickets. Yep. She had the tickets on her account two months before we broke up. I couldn't believe she pulled that shit. I bought the fucking tickets, but the tickets were on her MLB.com account. She's the one that broke up with me, and she's going to act like a bitch. Uh-oh. Sounds like Steve is kind of venting here, but we'll let him vent. He continues. He says, she wouldn't even return my text or calls about the tickets. I checked your social media accounts for any updated photos at Camden Yards during opening day, but apparently she didn't even go. Oh, I know she would have. She would have definitely posted a whole bunch of photos. When we dated, we couldn't go anywhere without a minute passing without her taking out her phone and taking over 400 photos and posting them for everyone to see how cool her life was. She was always miserable about everyone and everything, but her photos made it look like she was a happy little girl. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
Uh, he says, anyway, moral of the story, always make sure you use your account to buy the tickets and don't date an asshole for a girlfriend. That's from Steve. I really think Steve just wanted to write in and have a little venting. I don't even think he cared about telling us a story about how he didn't go. He just was able to use a couple words like bitch and asshole <laughs> and miserable around people. Steve, if that email made you feel a little better about the breakup, I hope it did. But, yeah, you got to be careful with that. It's not the first story I've heard. I actually personally know couples who have broken up and they had season ticks together. And, you know, that gets a little weird. But, yeah, man, if if you bought the tickets and they're on her account, I got to say that was pretty stupid. I guess, you know, if she ghosted you and then she didn't even use the tickets. Yeah, that that's not a that's not a good girl, man. I can see. Oh, wait a minute. She that's right. You said uh, she broke up with you. <laughs> well, see, I don't know the full story here, Steve. So you know, maybe you pulled some dick move, could have cheated on her. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the reason she broke up with you, she figured she'd get back at you and not let you go, and then she wouldn't go because she knows that it would burn even more. Love to hear the story. What happened here, Steve? You know, I was sticking up for you for a quick second. No, I'm just kidding, Steve. That, that, that sucks, man. I'm sorry you couldn't go. I'm sorry uh, she broke up with you. I don't know what stings more, that she broke up, she left you, or you couldn't go to opening day. Anyway, again, thanks for the email. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Another one came in here about opening day. All right, this email is from Ryan. He says, happy Monday. What a great time opening day was at Camden Yards. Went down with the old man, and everything was great, besides the fact that the stands near us ran out of beer and hot dogs. Yeah, see, that's what I was talking about last week. Stand near us ran out of French fries, pizza, although the pizza that they were selling were tiny, and they were selling them for like 12 bucks. Saw a lot of people getting annoyed by that, but anyway, uh, he continues, what a joke, and I froze my tits off and now have a horrible cough. Oh, well. They beat the Yankees in that game. Rest of the series, whatever. Fuck the Yankees and their fans. On our way home, I introduced my dad to your podcast, and the dude could not breathe. He was laughing so hard. He's old school, so he doesn't understand what podcasts are, but he wanted me to send you his new motto for Philadelphia sports fans since he shares that great hatred for Philly sport fans. He hates their motto. It's a Philly thing, so he changed it to losing. It's a fucking Philly thing. Yep, there you go. He says, love it. In your podcast, you talked about the Stowers situation, and by this time, I'm sure you know he's been optioned. I'm not sure what pictures of Hyde and Elias McKenna has, but to keep him over Stowers is absolutely insane. I saw somewhere that we as fans need to petition to get Stowers every day at bats. I'm all about it. Anyways, let's hope for a clean sweep of Oakland this week. As always, go O's. And again, with the Oakland series, hey, we took three out of four. Not bad. Appreciate the email, Ryan, as always. I also appreciate you introducing my podcast to your dad. I think it's funny because I've tried to introduce podcasts to like, uh, you know, my grandparents, aunt and uncles, just like the older, older generation. And they don't always get it. You know, it, it's like I'll, my grandmother was like, oh, I hear um, you do a show about the Orioles. What channel on the radio? I'm like, no, it's a podcast. And I try to explain it. And then even after I explain it, she ends with, she has a pencil in her hand paper. She's like, yeah, but. You haven't given me the the channel of the radio station. <laughs> She's like, all right, forget it. I'll send you something later, Grandma. Don't worry about it. But yeah, the the Hyde and Elias 
uh, with McKenna and Stowers. I don't get it. I think Elias has a couple photos. I'm sorry. I think McKenna has a couple photos of Elias and Hyde. You know, every game time, he sends an email to both Hyde and Elias with the photos of them snorting lines off the strippers' asses. (laughs) Uh, Hyde, I see that I'm not in the lineup today. You would hate for these photos to go out. You know, other photos of them wearing ball gags, getting whipped. (laughs) I don't get it. Stowers down in the minors is very frustrating. Again, especially since the guy that we do have to watch every other day is just making some stupid fucking mistakes lately. So I appreciate the email, Ryan. And, uh, you know, shit, send me that link if uh, you see a petition starting to get Stowers back up in the majors. I'm all for it. Hell yeah. All right. Received another email from David. He just writes a short one. He says, my God, Nate, that walk off. What can this man not do? Obviously talking about Adley Rushman's walk off hit uh, Thursday, walk off home run. He says, this guy is special. I'm glad everyone in my office leaves around three because I was absolutely jumping around and yelling when I saw the ball leave his bat. If the pitching can settle, this team has potential from david obviously uh, a lot of people work during those day games so you know i don't know if if you're in a no fun zone work environment where you got to sneak watching the game or listening to it but yeah when something like that happens a walk-off home run i guess it'd be hard to hold your composure but david's like fuck it you know i was jumping around he says he's glad that his co-workers were not there but i don't know man you know co-workers should understand hey they might be jumping around with you but you're right. What the hell can this man not do? Talking about, of course, Adley. You know, give him the blank check. Sign away, kid. Sign away. Whatever you want. But please get this man an extension. So David got to witness a walk-off. He was at work. I know a lot of people personally who called out sick to go to that game. And, of course, they do not regret any minute of that. Seeing the walk-off home run from Adley. Again, it's still crazy to me. That was his first walk-off of his career. So, again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Appreciate all the emails. Anything on your mind, want to hear from you. And something that's been on my mind, I'm sure it's been on a lot of people's mind, replay and MLB can go suck it. It feels like every game, over and over, every day, we're seeing replays where it is obvious to everyone what the correct call is. But for some reason... Whoever shitbag is calling the reviews up in New York, they get it wrong. They don't overturn the call. The other day, Mateo against Oakland, there was a play at first. He was clearly safe. He was called out, but when they did the replay, it took you two seconds to see that he was safe. Easily. Even Ben McDonald made a comment. Oh, yeah, he's safe. That's it. Kevin Brown, same thing. Yep, he's safe. And then as they were continuing to review it, I remember uh, Ben McDonald saying, this is just a little concerning. What's taking so long? And they come back and say the call stands. He's out when clearly he was safe. Now, you know, guys like Rich Dubroff and Rockabaco, they always try to, you know, keep it PG rated on Twitter, obviously. <laughs> they can't go rogue like, you know, the everyday fan calling umpires shit bags and things like that. But even they're making start, start to make comments of why even have replay when you get it wrong. Like everybody was just up in arms about that call, but we're seeing that every day. Again, I'm getting my tin foil hat on. It's like the, uh, the umpires or whoever's reviewing up in New York is saying, well, we can't remind the, uh, the, the viewers that the umpires have been screwing up baseball for a hundred years. 
So we better have the umpires back. So we don't want to make it too obvious that for years they have been getting it wrong a lot. But the call is not being overturned. So since 2014, when they started the replay, uh, there's never been a season where the majority of replays were overturned. In 2015, that was the year with the highest overturned calls, 49%. That was the closest out of all the years since 2014 of the overturned calls. So there hasn't been any year where the majority was overturned, which is kind of interesting to me because you would think when we're all reviewing, looking at the video and saying, yep, no, he was out safe or yep, he was definitely hit by the pitch and vice versa. I was surprised to see that there hasn't been one single year where there is more than 50% calls overturned. Again, got the tinfoil hat on right now. And umpires lately, also, they're just getting so damn sensitive. I mean, if, if you look at them the wrong way, you're getting thrown out these days. Cedric Mullins. <laughs> Cedric Mullins gets thrown out as his first ejection, career ejection. That was on Monday. And then Hyde had his back came out because the umpire Malaki, he was just getting all the calls wrong. He was frustrated. So when the guy like Cedric gets thrown out, you know, shit's going bad for the umpire with his calls, but I just everything with these these calls and the umpires being sensitive and I don't know, up in New York, you know, we don't want these umpires looking that bad. Hopefully that's not what's happening here. But that play with Mateo on first base, clear as day, his foot hit the bag first. I mean, there was just not even a conversation that needed to be had. Unbelievable. So replay, yeah, that that's fucking me up a little bit. I thought the reason they started replay is to get the play right. And just day after day, they're still not getting it right. It's frustrating, man. So I'm gonna take my tinfoil off, tinfoil hat off here. Uh Grayson, he's gonna be pitching Sunday against Chicago. Um, he did pitch Tuesday, that crazy game with the Orioles winning 12 to 8 against Oakland. You know, it, it's great to see Grayson throwing 99 on the black. Uh, that was good shit. He's got great stuff, but he was having problems. He just couldn't put the batters away. He doesn't have an out pitch right now. His curves and, and sinkers and changeup, they're not working. And when you're up in the majors, those batters know exactly what's going on, and they're just waiting for that fastball. So when he would get ahead, two strikes, his batters were just sitting on that fastball. didn't matter where he threw it. They were hitting him around. He had four walks on Tuesday. He did have two strikes in the first inning. And again, yeah, he's having trouble with the walking and not putting batters away, but he's just going to continue to keep working on it. And I'm so happy to, to know that they're continuing to give him a chance because each time he's pitched, just those last couple times, you can see he's, he's getting better. He's working on it. Just ha- he's got to get those, uh, those second and third pitches to be working to put those batters out because when you got two strikes, it's very rare you're going to be able to get a batter to swing and miss. A, a fastball, no matter where you put it. If it's near the plate and they have two strikes, they're going to hit it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Grayson pitch on Sunday. Obviously, we know he's been working on stuff. Uh, but that game, <laughs> one thing that bothered me, I don't know why I had this down on my notes. Uh, it has nothing to do with Grayson Rodriguez, but he was pitching and there's a long fly ball. There's a runner on uh, second or first. There's a runner on first. It's a deep fly ball. And Mullins calls off Hayes. And look, I understand Mullins is a center fielder. 
you have control of the field, especially when the fly ball's over in that area. I don't know. Hyde or someone's got to pull Mullins aside and say, look, man, your arm is just mush jello. You don't have an arm. So if there's going to be a runner that's going to be tagging up, can you just let Austin catch the ball? And it, <laughs> Austin almost had a look on his face too, like, and and the ta- and the runner tagged up to second. Uh, Mullins had no chance, beat it at least by three steps. But I feel like if Austin Hayes was able to get that catch, I think the runner would have been out. I think Hyde should pull him aside, say, "Hey, come on, Mullins. I think you and I both know." what the right thing to do right there was <laughs> stop trying to throw runners out. Let Austin have it. Cause our goal here is to not let runners tag up. All right, before we wrap things up here, I do want to give hats off to Ryan Mountcastle. Holy hell on Tuesday with the victory 12 to nine against the A's Mountcastle just completely went crazy. Nine RBI game, three run home run and a grand slam. Uh, <laughs> Mountcastle tied the Orioles' nine RBI record with Eddie Murray when he did it August 26, 1985. Uh, Mountcastle, he also became the first Oriole player with a uh, three-run homer and a grand slam in the same game since Ramon Hernandez against Seattle in 2006. That whole play, that whole uh, um, situation was hilarious to me because they walk Adley Rushman to get to Mountcastle with the bases loaded because at that time Ryan was just hot as hell. And he comes up, boom, just <laughs> destroys a Grand Slam. Of course, got the curtain call, well-deserved. That Grand Slam traveled uh, 456 feet, the longest of his 65 career home runs. Left his bat at 111 miles per hour. Get the hell out of here. So Ryan Mountcastle, hats off to you. But if the pitching can somehow come around and the batting can somehow stay hot, a very, very long season. Yeah, the Orioles are going to be just fine. Again, I always want to hear from you guys. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you.